Hello and welcome to the Win-Win Effect podcast with your host, Chris Ross. This is the show for anyone that wants to drive productivity and maximize potential in any industry. Let's take a moment. Have you ever wondered about the psychology behind the persuasive marketing driving you to take action, sometimes on products you never thought people would buy? Well, that's just what makes this podcast stand out from the others. On these episodes, Chris will break down proven strategies that his companies use to respectably enroll prospective students into the correct programs to achieve overall business success and fulfillment in life. You will get a rare centralized look into both sides of the buyer-seller relationships that I'm sure anyone tuning in will receive massive value from to implement instantly. There are huge quantities of informational material from companies just trying to sell products, but not many giving you the right information on how to build companies from solid foundations, focusing on customers actually winning as the outcome. The Win-Win Effect podcast is a character-based code for human interaction and collaboration in business. Time is the only non-renewable resource in life. So with this podcast, the outcome is designed to bring you value, to make it worth your time. Happy Money Thursday, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Win Win Effect podcast. This is Chris Ross. To catch everyone back up to speed, in our last episode... I share with everyone an introduction on how emotional intelligence matters just as much as intellectual ability. Emotional intelligence is something in each of us that is a bit intangible. It affects how we manage behavior and how we positively impact the emotions of others, especially as a seller. Understand this, intention needs to be genuine when you're approaching any type of sales encounter for both sides of the buyer-seller relationships to flourish. As promised to everyone with a new format of the win-win effect, I decided to bring back on Wes Bays for us to go into a little bit more detail to make more of an impact in your current situation. Before we kick this up a couple notches and dive right in, take the time and click on the link in the description box where you will find show notes and any kind of offers that we mentioned in today's episode. Just to let you know, anything that we offer will be free and no charge to you. This is our way of showing our appreciation to everyone out there that tunes in for our podcast. All right, is everyone ready? Let's dive right in. Wes, welcome back. What's going on, my man? You doing all right? Doing good, Chris. How you doing? Man, come on now. You know I'm always good, even on my worst day. What do you think? It's all we can do. That's right. So the Monday episode that launched, I know that we're getting some feedback, and thank you to all the listeners that have taken the time to submit our daily feedback form or sending in questions and comments through email. You know, emotional intelligence, you know, continues to be an increasingly powerful skill to have in the professional world, especially in sales. And I know we both agree to this. And I think that, you know, secretly, you know, we've been looking really looking forward to recording, you know, this episode on the last couple episodes that we kind of leaned into this topic. To keep this off the right way in, you know, how we do, Wes, is, you know, what's your initial input with the episode that we launched on Monday about emotional intelligence? Yeah, I think it was it was a good framework for you know what we're really starting to to dive into because, uh, and I'm glad and you're absolutely right. I'm glad we're going over this topic because it's it's important if if you want to be good in anything, not just sales, but in any interaction, any level of communication, persuasion, anything, then then emotional intelligence is where you want to study because if without it, you, tactics, questions, anything else that we go over mean nothing. Because you will not be able to know how to use them effectively because you you don't understand how to truly connect with that other person. And that's where if, if you've ever seen like a really awkward salesperson who's trying, you know, like you can tell they're trying to use sales tactics on you and they just come across really poorly. Right. That person has absolutely no idea uh, when it comes to emotional intelligence. So I'm glad we're kicking this off and I'm really looking forward to it. This one, you know, this episode to me is important because I believe that emotional intelligence is a major catalyst on the reason why 
I do things the way that I do with, in, especially in sales, Wes, in you know, tapping into someone emotional space. I'm not doing it in a way of emotional sabotage. I'm trying to figure out, you know, what's the best way to handle this situation with them. Because when you're going into and trying to look in for an emotional pattern and on their thought process, or maybe some of their prior decision making, you know, on, on different programs or products or services, doesn't matter what you're selling. When I'm going into that, they're going to start. Once I'm able to tap into that and give them some type of level of value and advice on how to handle things differently moving forward, I'm educating them. That's going to raise their rapport level and especially credibility with myself. They start viewing me in a different light. Would you agree? I would. I would because it's, you know, I know we talk about this a lot, but perception is everything. Right. Right. And, and once, you know, when you're doing that, naturally as an educator, when you're delivering that level of value, you're creating that one, you're creating that, you know, authority level, but which also comes with a level of trust. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you think about it, if, if, if they're starting to trust what you say and view you as an authority, then naturally you're going to be able to build a lot more rapport with that person because now you're, you're becoming more in sync. And that's ultimately what you're trying to do. I mean, think about it as a sales team, as a whole, your whole company. If every, I mean, I've seen a lot of companies and corporations, Wes, over the years, and especially now, you know, me serving companies and corporations in a different capacity. I'm still helping people the way that I'm helping them. But I try to get that, I try to focus on the synergy between, you know, every person on a sales team or every person, you know, inside the front look or the front level of defense when you're walking into a company. It's how you look, perception, when you're talking about. And that's what triggered me on talking about it right now is that from a secretary or the front desk all the way down to the people that walk them to their meetings or whatever it is, you speak volumes as a company and a corporation if you see the morale high within your corporation. And that's emotional intelligence, in my opinion. I would much rather do business with a company like that and not really give a shit about the product or service or good. And it drops my resistance on enrolling or purchasing whatever it is. I mean, I'm sure that's the same way for you as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm definitely I'm glad that you touched on it the way you did because a lot of people talk about emotional intelligence at an individual level. Right. Uh, no one ever really looks at it from a broader view, and especially at the company wide level, because when people are talking about culture, for example, right, we hear about the company culture a lot and creating great customer experience. Mm-hmm. You know, w- w- connecting that emotional intelligence piece to that is extremely important because what it brings on is self awareness. And when you look at a company as a whole, it's its own entity. That company is a person, right? So the culture within the company, the company needs to have self-awareness. Uh, you know, so whether this is the individual salesperson or whether it's you know company-wide, you being aware of you, aware of your emotions, aware of your environment, aware of just aware in general, will allow you to understand what you need to do to put on that perception and give that experience to the person on the other side of whether that, that phone coming into your facility, you know, whatever, just looking to do business with you in general, you're, you're putting on that perception and making them understanding their emotional state and exactly what they're looking for and being able to connect that the right way. So this is a very, very important topic. And, and us really diving deep into this is going to play a big role in people really starting to evaluate themselves and starting to look at their buyers or the person they're doing with at a different level. Emotional intelligence, you know, just agree with what you're saying. It all begins with you and having that self and social awareness. But just to add a little different layer to that is just to recognize the emotions and the impact in both yourself and others. That's a key point is because a lot of people, they try to focus on the self and, you know, social awareness, right? But you ever said something, and this goes out to the listeners, have you ever said something to somebody that you knew it hurt them deeply, but they didn't say anything to you? And it completely affected the impact of the people around them. I have. I suffer from this, Wes. I mean, a lot of probably listeners know me personally and and know this. I might say some things to people sometimes. It might hurt their feelings because I'm a very passionate person. However, there's an other side to that when I'm saying things. I won't say things to people you know, in a group or I'll usually pull them to the side where I'm not going to insult their intelligence or I'm not going to you know, insult their ego, where you get into an egotistical type of battle with someone, especially if it's a male, you know, you see that a lot. But tapping and understanding the awareness piece begins with a reflection. 
And I always try to ask myself questions like, you know, what are my emotional strengths? What are my emotional weaknesses? How can I not let that affect me working with that company, corporation, or person, or individual? Then I ask the same question for myself, for them. You know, I put myself in their shoes and being empathetic of what they're going through. So if I'm talking to someone and I am, I'm start asking questions, I'll ask myself, what are their emotional strengths and weaknesses? Then I'll start peeling back the layers to the core of how much it affects their current mood or their thought process when it goes to making decisions. Underneath all these layers, Wes, and I know that you know this, and that's why I'm really excited about this conversation. Under the surface is the core. That's what really truly motivates people indirectly or directly and influences them to do something or say something. I like to try to use a lot of pauses when people tell me something very difficult. Like, so it says something, someone mentioned something to me and I tap on, a, I hit a question and I start asking the what, when, why using diagnostic questions. When I start digging into the core, if they say, they share something with me that is, you could tell that it's not normal for them to share with somebody else. I try to pause and really take it in so I can feel what they went through. Does that make sense? That It makes a lot of sense, actually, because, you know, the one thing, too, to add on to that is you know, being able to, it's not just about asking the right questions, but also understanding what questions not to ask. Right. Right. So when we've all done this, you know, when you are, if, say someone's facing a difficult time and you ask them a certain question that maybe isn't aligned with what they're thinking about right now or what they're feeling, then there's a disconnect. Right. And so it's being, again, being self-aware and understanding that part of emotional intelligence, you're, you're able to understand what to say, what not to say, what you should ask, how what you're asking is being perceived by the other person and how it's making them feel. And so that also ties in with what you said, Chris, about reflection. And this is the advice I would give anybody is reflect on experiences and, and times where someone has said something to you that maybe you felt insulted or maybe you felt very, very happy. You felt like they were very considerate. You know, look at the positive and the negative emotions that came with, with certain experiences. And we all have had them. Right. And so it's very, very important that reflection piece and starting to 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 really dig deep into and sometimes be very critical of yourself mm. and understanding exactly what that person once you understand yourself and your own emotions, you can now start understanding that other person's emotions and then how to really connect with them and how to how to understand them at a higher level. And also aligning them to your core value. I do I will bend over backwards for people that I believe have similar core values because I see a lot of is when they go to respond to a question and they really don't know how to answer that question. So they usually give it a surface level bullshit. I usually call it a Sunday school answer. It's up to you to ask the next question. So I try to always put myself in their situation. And I and you touched on something really important, Wes, is that you know what not to say or questions to ask. Obviously, if you had someone that went through a traumatic experience, I'm not going to touch anywhere around that other than if, if it's positive, because I want to re-anchor that emotion of positive, because you can't have them go run back in their shell. You know, I need to get them to be open with me, and especially honest, because that's where I become a lot more effective. But until you allow the customer, prospective buyer, whatever, to drop their guard, you're not going to get to the real reason why they're there. Have you ever had a conversation with people, Wes, and you stop them dead in their tracks? Like, tell me, t listen, stop telling me what I want to hear. <laughs> you know what I mean? Tell me the real reason why you're here. Have you ever done that? Plenty of times because the one, I set the right expectations from the beginning. And that is the fact that I'm I'm not going to accept that. Right. Right. But I then again, I have to also analyze the situation properly and see if that is okay for me to do during that time, depending on that person. And I'm I'm reading that person. But you know, if somebody, for example, is giving me a Sunday school answer, you know, and I may not attack that right right in the beginning, the reading, especially if I'm reading that person correctly, because maybe if I attack that, they're going to feel offended. Right. Right. Or maybe if I, if I say something directly to them or call them out on it, then then they're going to put their guard up even more. So then what I will say is because now if so, let's let's think about that scenario for a second. And this, I think, will will explain things in in more depth, which is if that person at that particular point now just gave me a Sunday school answer and they're probably not feeling very good about themselves because they feel like maybe they're even may feel a little bit stupid 
because they, they couldn't give me the answer correctly that I was searching for. They just didn't know. So I have two options now, right? This is all happening very fast in my brain as I'm having this conversation. I have two options. I can either go straight at that and tell that person, look, that, didn't, that, that answer didn't sound like you actually were confident in what you're saying, right? And, and that I can go that route. Most likely, though, I'm going to offend that person. They're not going to feel good about it. Or I can go the different route and I can ask a question. And then that question could be to where I'm making them feel okay about what just happened because I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna act like I'm oblivious to the fact that they just gave me a Sunday school answer. And I'm gonna ask a question to progress that conversation in a direction that I know that person will be comfortable with. Right. And so and then also my how did I acknowledge their answer? If I acknowledge their answer by not even responding at all and just moving on, that also could bring up a certain perception that I feel like they didn't give me a good answer or I feel like they're kind of stupid. Right. So maybe I'll say, okay, I understand. Um, you know, thank you for answering that question. And then I can move on. Right. And now I made th that person feel a certain way. Why? Because I understand how I would feel. This is why going back to reflection is so important. I know how I would feel if I gave that answer. And, and of course, you know, for me now, it's different. If I don't know something, I, I'm going to be straightforward about it because I'm, you know, I don't have that insecurity anymore. But I understand now that person that also has an insecurity and that probably has developed over time because of probably certain circumstances. Right? And they feel the need to give me an answer no matter what. And so I'm going to be very conscious of that. So it's just a level of consciousness, you know, of, of what's really happening with that person beyond just the surface level. Right. It goes with the having your objective for that call or objective for that meeting or the outcome you're searching for. If it's not going to serve them or serve you to get to the outcome, then it's usually a good, so you're, that's a good indication not to do it and to call them out. When people tell me something that's potentially untrue or isn't the whole truth, I try to hold back. And that's why I said pausing is important. And ask yourself the questions that I led with, right? Is that what are your emotional strengths? What are your emotional weaknesses? Myself, I suffer from reacting too quickly to a negative experience, especially when ego comes involved. And I'm be, I'm be honest with you guys. It's personal. If you approach me, and that's where the reptilian part of your brain, fight or flight, you come and approach me pretty aggressively, I'm going to come back pretty aggressively. It's just the way it is. However, in a business meeting, you can't do that shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's going to completely affect the outcome you're looking for. Completely. So I try to pause and understand exactly what do they mean behind this? Like, what is their true intentions? What are they trying to say to me that they don't know the words to use in this situation? Pausing will help you you know, it will save you from a lot of embarrassing moments, misunderstanding someone or making commitments or overcommitting in sales. In other words, pausing will help you refrain from making a permanent decision. And so people need to write this down. Making a permanent decision based on a temporary emotion. That temporary emotion, it could be a limiting belief. That's how they, that's where they hide this shit. Limiting beliefs are hidden inside emotions and are sometimes temporary. That's what that limiting belief is. And it's usually people who can't refrain from you know trying to comment or act from whatever you say. You can't have too much control over this emotions you experience in any given moment, of course. You know what I mean? Especially if someone did something really horrible to you or said something pretty offensive. But striving to control your thoughts and direct your thoughts in a positive way, you resist becoming a slave to your own emotions, allowing yourself to live in a way that's in you know harmony with your goals and, and what your core values are as a salesperson. I speak volumes on what I don't do more than what I do say, Wes. You know, especially when I'm dealing with someone trying to set up a five million dollar deal, I'll handle myself the same in the same way. But to be honest with you, the people that spend more money and the people that invest a lot more money, like corporations and companies, they're more fucked up than everybody else is. <laughs> See what I mean? So <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. They're, you know why? Because they're hidden with their titles. They still work for a company. You know what I mean? Like they make a hundred grand a year and they're the director and I'm the one selling them on an idea and I'm, you know, done very well for myself. They go, well, yeah, yeah. They haven't worked on themselves as much as I'm working on myself. I could become a nightmare or your biggest freaking catalyst if de depending on how you answer questions with me you know like i don't want to get too far off topic cuz i know that you know there's a lot that i mentioned especially with manipulative people and trying to protect yourself from emotional sabotage cuz people can use this against you if you're not doing this ethically yeah that that's actually a huge point that you touched on there chris and because a lot of what you're referring to as well as ego 
right? And that hu- that plays a huge role in certain outcome in, of, of certain situations, right? And so it's um, you know it's one of those things where when you when you think about it, what can you do in that instance to be able to to handle more of these situations the right way? And it actually simply boils down to it's simple but not easy is starting to control your own emotions and your own ego mm. right and so you know it's, if you can't control what someone else does but you can control what you do you can control how you feel and so it's not just important for you to to refrain from certain from doing certain things it's also important for you to actually become that person right so you can only control your willpower for so long and so if i need to control my ego Yes, I'm going to be conscious of it. And I'm also in on certain situations, I'm going to refrain from doing it. But one, I'm going to try not to be in those situations as much as possible if I can be, because I know that it takes a level of willpower. But also, I can't always rely on willpower as well. So I need to start developing myself into a person of maybe a higher consciousness to where I'm not going to react to certain situations. And I'll tell you, I'm I'm not perfect by any means. You know, I was in the past, I was the person that I was ready to fight you no matter what. Right. So I was waiting for you to say something to me so I can come back at you. And so but over the years, I've been training myself to control and I'm not perfect by any means. Trust me on that. <laughs> you know, I, I think I told you enough stories lately, Chris, about things that have been happening where I didn't do this well at all. But, you know, it's, we're humans at the end of the day. Right. But in the sales interaction, in the business interaction, you know, you're, the confidence of the person on the other side of you comes from how you handle yourself. And the more self-aware that you are, the more that you are understanding of how you're coming across you know what the the effect of what you're saying and then also what the other person is really telling you you're going to have a lot more success moving forward and so again reflection i I think that's going to be the theme of today is reflection why do you think for people like us right that are very much in tune with their own emotional intelligence and tapping into others that have maybe weak emotional intelligence and we try to educate them to help them to serve them to make better decisions. Why do you think people like me and you are able to do this effortlessly in sales or in business? And then we struggle with it in our own personal lives at times, not all the time, but at times. Really a lot of it comes from your upbringing because you know how we grew up and the environment that we were in sometimes has conditioned us to be a certain way. So I'll just give a personal example. I, I grew up with three older brothers, um, you know, and obviously my parents. And so the the environment in which I was in, you know, there was there was times where, I mean, you've got four boys in the household. I mean, it was fight. There was fighting going on all the time. <laughs> right. Right. And so that environment and also a few personal things with my parents as well and the way that, you know, they handled certain situations, what it did for me was it one, it brought on a bit more independence for myself because I feel I felt like I needed to look out for myself a bit more. But also what it did was I, I started to be the person who's looking to diffuse mm. a lot of the situations going on at home. Right. And so now two things have stemmed from that. One, I I know I can understand people a bit more. I can understand their 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 way of thinking, their point of view. And it allowed me to be able to connect with people on that level because I was constantly the person that was having to take care of these issues, you know, between family and things along those lines. So the positive side in business is now I can do that with other people, but that doesn't change the emotional side. And because in business, I'm not, I'm not very emotional, but in my personal life, I am because those situations still came with a lot of emotion. And so a lot of them have triggered me in certain ways to now when I face certain situations, I have zero tolerance for certain things. Right. And and so when it comes back, it triggers certain moments in my life where I felt a certain way to where now, you know, if somebody comes and says something particular to me in my personal life, I might come back and just snap right away right? because it brings back a negative emotion that I have tied into that type of a scenario. And so it's it's, it's basically negative anchoring is what's happened. And so, um, yeah, so that's really where the separation happens. But again, the positive side is when I'm in a sales interaction, and I don't want to make it seem like I snap on everybody that talks to me. I'm not, I actually am. <laughs> no, no, but it's, I mean, it's important to real. It's important to be honest, you know, like with these, you know, because I, I want the listeners to understand, you know, that, you know, I'm not getting on here. We're getting on here talking about all these things that we do so well in business, but we, you know, also, I mean, we're human, right? You know, we're we're all humans. We're gonna have 
weak moments and very strong moments, you know, that we're going to be able to, you know, go different ways with. But the main thing is, is, you know, what we talked about earlier with that self-awareness, right. And, right. and being authentic, I'm a hundred percent authentic. I try to be on camera, off camera, on a meeting, off a meeting, you know, and that's one of the things that I wrote down, you know, two years ago that I want to be conscious of is that, am I being my true self on these meetings? Because that's really difficult for a lot of people, right? They try to give off this perception that they're like this sales guru or some bullshit. I try to be real. And I'm trying to tell you, listen, I suffer from this in my own personal life. Yes, I do work on things. I mean, a lot of personal things going on in my life right now that I'm trying to, you know, keep my mind in a positive way because I think removing distractions for me is the biggest thing that one of the things that I'm trying to tackle right now, Wes, is that if I'm less distracted and more present, I'm able to handle this with less emotion. I hope that makes sense. That, that actually makes that actually makes a ton of sense. And so that that's very very important for people to really understand. And and so by the way, you know, if, for example, if people are authentic, you know, what I found also is a lot of the times is that it's usually again it goes back to your upbringing, right? So there's so much that's tied into the con- conditional or to the conditions that have been set for you throughout your life. And so you know, people that have been judged a lot, especially by their parents. I came, that's, that's the background I came from. I mean, I had, you know, I told you this before, if, if I did something really well, I heard nothing. If I did something poorly, I heard about it. Right. And so, um, I was used to only really being judged in a negative way. Right. And so, uh, that's why now I feel like, or being getting some type of reaction in a negative way. Right. Exactly. You know, that's even worse. Right. Well, exactly. And that's why now I have this sense of, you know, if, if, I'm always looking out for being attacked, right? I'm always weary of someone trying to attack me and not attack me physically, but, you know, um, you know, attack me psychologically or emotionally, right? Is I'm always aware of that. And so on my personal life, I, obviously I'm, I've been working on this piece a lot because I'm constantly trying to improve myself, but that's where some of those triggers still happen because of that, that reason. But on the, from a business standpoint, I've been able to train myself differently. Why? Because I don't have a, I don't have an emotional connection to it. And so it doesn't it doesn't impact me. So what it ends up doing is it allows me to think a lot more logically. And so then I can tap into what's going on because I still obviously understand emotions and how I feel and from uh, you know reflection and things along those lines, I still understand what that person is going through. And so what happens with me is instead of me being able to react to them on a on, a, on an emotional level, I can obviously the perception is emotional, but I can actually handle those situations on a logical level to be able to to either diffuse influence whatever i want to do with from from an emotional standpoint for them i'm able to do obviously without manipulating them i'm able to do because i am they're still at an emotional level i'm i'm thinking at a logical level right and so i'm pausing i'm calm i'm thinking realistically about what can i do to help the situation or in a sales interaction i'm thinking about how's my next question going to affect them emotionally because right now they're at a high emotional state you know, so I'm starting to be able to think a lot more clearly about what's actually happening. Happening. So think about it from like if you've ever watched the movie The Matrix, right? And you know the the guy's looking at the screen and there's all those zeros and ones and all that you know digits going on. When you're looking at that, what it's what it's playing out for you is that's you know there's in that in those ones and zeros what's supposed to be logical, right? Is actually a whole lot of experiences and emotion, right? Right. And so when you're keeping yourself at that logical level, you're still reading into everything that's happening on an emotional level. And that's where you want to be ideally in any sales interaction. Mm. You touched on so many things just real quick. And I want to hit on one thing that I totally agree with is personal upbringing. My parents, and you know this from things that I've shared with you, Wes, is that are probably the best people I could ever ask for to be my parents. I'm very lucky, very blessed. But there's a lot of personal upbringing and things that I wish that I wasn't exposed to. Nothing horrible, right? Just the way that, the you know, the world's different now, man. You know what I mean? Like the world is completely different than it was back in 1981 when I was born. Makes me look, makes me feel really old now. But I'm very happy a way that I was able to handle myself, you know, throughout life and all the different things that I, it what led me to what I'm doing now, which gives me a lot of fulfillment. But there's certain things that I learned in my past where I let my emotions get the best of me because I was taught that way. You see what I'm saying? And it was okay no matter what I said, as long as I didn't do certain things. And I and I totally agree with what you're saying. And because, you know, us growing up, you know, kind of hard and without, you know, the financial funds there. But I one thing I learned from my family is just hard freaking work. Like if you want something, 
go get it because no one's going to hand it to you. But there's there's still things that, you know, I'm pretty sure that all the listeners out there are listening to this, is that you'll pick out certain things that have been great, certain things have been awful. But here's the key with emotional intelligence is learning what happened in your life, learning how to take the the plus side from everything that you've been taught, negative or positive, and I'll prove it to you. Manipulation. Me, I suffer from this in my personal life is that I sometimes overthink what my wife or whoever said something to me and I'm thinking they think something else because my whole life, you know, sometimes I've been around, you know, in business a long time and in personal relationships that I've been manipulated. And there's nothing worse than having someone, you know, will go through emotional sabotage. Do you see what I'm saying? And, pl- and mind mess with you. That's why I believe when my core value is that I'm never going to manipulate someone's emotions to get something for myself, personal gain. So with me being me being manipulated, you know, and, and having people that have hurt me in the past, you know, you know, psychologically, emotionally, I learned how to be able to look out for the signs when people try to do it to me when I'm on a sales call. Does that make sense? Yeah, it actually makes a lot of sense because you know, it's, and that's what actually makes us good at what we do. Um, the fact that you overanalyze so much, you know, all of those things that actually are, and, and all the experiences you've had help you so much on that sales call because, you know, you're putting in so much effort into that and you're reading so much right. into the situation. And your intention obviously is, you know, the, the there's a good intention, but it's also a very specific outcome. And so you're analyzing so much and you're doing so much to get to that outcome. But now, you know, for, for me personally, I do the same exact thing. For me personally, that's hurt me a ton in my personal life because of the fact that now, because all of those things translate into a lot of negatives when it comes to when you're dealing with people on an emotional level, right? And, right. and, and those are the people in our personal life is who we're dealing with on that level. And all of those things that happened to us in the past now come back in a very negative way as we're dealing with certain people, because I was the same exact way. I had a very similar upbringing, you know, so I'm very, very now try to be very, very aware of when I'm being manipulated. And so I overthink it a ton in my personal life, but in business, I don't, why? Because I'm not emotionally connected. You know, if I'm on a call, whether that call ends up in a sale or not, I'm not emotionally connected to it. I know my intention and the outcome that I'm looking for, you know, but again, I can pick up those signs. I can do things, but I'm not going to handle them in an emotional way versus my personal life. So it's very, very important for people to make that distinction. Let me give everyone a piece of advice here. And there's something that I'm personally working on and which you can you know, feel free to hold me accountable to this. Is I'm trying to do right now is to try to find a space, a you know, safe space in my house, or maybe it could be somewhere else that I actually really enjoy being with no technology, nothing of just silence and solitude, right? I know that's a scary fucking thing for people and being alone in your own thoughts, but it, I can't tell you how necessary it is for your own mental health. You'll find, you know, there are other forms of distraction, you know, include like work, TV, drugs, alcohol, you know, like obviously don't do those. You have video games, cross stitching, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, like certain things, crossword puzzles, arguing with people on the internet, you know, getting caught up in emotions with, you know, Twitter fingers. <laughs> that happens every once in a while. Someone's everyone's a tough guy from like fucking that has I'm gonna be honest. Let me let me tell you a little something about social media and I don't want to get sidetracked here. Every account I think on social media is fucking private or all tough guys. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they taught the most shit for no reason. Like on your social media stuff, they always taught the most shit and you can't get to them. And I'm like, you know, you remove this private thing. <laughs> You know? <laughs> oh goodness. But see, I suffer from that because I, I, I like to, I like to be able to not people please, but I like to be able to serve people. So when I, I have a hard time when you get negative feedback, sometimes you can learn a lot from that as a CEO or entrepreneur or whatever you do for a living, right? You can learn a lot from that. And, you know, having that reflection, right? It's what we keep talking about. And sitting down and being able to reflect on what you're doing, and I don't want to get sidetracked here, but that's where I was going with it anyway, is that take 10 minutes out of your morning to just be alone in your own thoughts and write down what comes to your mind. You learn a lot about the patterns in which you write down. Start picking out 10 minutes. Everyone has 10 minutes. Let's be real. No one's that fucking busy. Right. This will help you be able to be more in tune with your own emotional intelligence. Would you agree with that? I absolutely would. Um, I'd actually like to touch on two things. 
if I can. Um, one, I absolutely agree with with what you know with what you just said. I mean, one, taking that time for yourself is absolutely important. And also, you know, doing it right before bed, right? So once when you wake up, once before bed is huge, right? For you to be able to to really start to reflect one on what's happened throughout the day and being able to focus on the positives, the negatives, what could have been better, what could have, you know, what you could have done differently, how you impacted certain people, you know, with your words or your actions or your body language or whatever you did by taking the time to do that is extremely important. Um, the other thing that you said as well is critique. Uh, when you mentioned that, especially on social media, one of the biggest, you know, one of the, well, I shouldn't say the biggest, but one of the biggest factors in, in emotional intelligence is being able to take critique well. And this is one of the hardest things for most people to do, including myself, because I don't do it. Well, you know, I don't, no one likes to hear negative things about themselves. And so being able to, to, to take critique really, really well, it's going to increase your emotional intel, intelligence. And so it absolutely will, because one, you, when, you start ref, when you start really reflecting on it, two things that it does, it allows you to improve, right? Take it for what it is and improve on it. Also, it allows you to read into why the other person is giving it to you and what and what part of that is necessarily true. Also, what part of it comes from the other person's limiting beliefs. Right. right? And it allows you to be able to see things different. But then what it allows you to do is be able to communicate things. So, for example, you see maybe what you maybe you said something and somebody gave you a bad critique on what you said. But you know what you said was good. And so but the other person perceived it a certain way. Now, what you can do is you can break down the situation and say, had I had I said the same exact or sent the same exact message or, you know, said something to the reflection of the same message, but said it in a different way, this person would have perceived it differently. And I actually would have loved what I said. And so, again, it goes back to reflection. But that's where, you know, take everything for what it is. Take everything as a positive and gratitude. I want to mention this before I forget. Gratitude is a huge factor in this. And so like for me, the way I had a lot of angry feelings towards my my parents growing up, um, and the way that I, go, I got over that was through gratitude. I started to appreciate what they actually did for me versus the things that I felt like I didn't get or got negatively. And so again, critique, same way. I'm, I'm grateful. If somebody you know took the time to give me a bad review or took the time to tell me something negative, I, I absolutely have to be grateful for it in order for me to be able to perceive it or to be able to take it well and be able to then judge it logically versus going off of my emotion. I totally agree with that because a lot of people run away from that critiquing and a negative comment or feedback. I learn more from that than I do, you know, great feedback. You know, I hate the the whole, oh, this the program was phenomenal, all oh, your podcast was the shit. Or whatever it is, I hate that stuff. I mean, granted, it's nice to you know, it's nice to see people enjoying it, you know, the content and, and the intention behind it and what we're trying to do here. But also, I like the people that say, you know, if you did this a little differently, I think you would get more, you know, listeners or more subscribers or more people for your business. I love that stuff, you know, because I I try to always face it, and and I think that that's where I, sometimes I suffer from getting caught up in people's negative comments. You know, everyone wants to be a telephone tough guy or Twitter fingers or whatnot these days, you know, especially on social media with the private accounts. And I'll say it again, <laughs> but they, everyone wants to act a certain way, but there's zero logic behind it. I'm really looking for clarity on what they meant, you know, more than anything. And that's why I get caught up in it. But pulling yourself and me being less distracted, if I was less distracted, I would actually make better decisions in my personal life. And that's some of the things that I'm trying to work on especially right now in my life, I'm trying to figure out how I can remove all these negative things and, and remove them, those anchors and putting something positive in there for me to be able to work on personally and me to be a great dad, a great husband, a great you know uncle, a great son, a better son. You know, like these are the things that I'm working on because I sacrificed, you know, the last four years or five years of my life. And I feel like my focus changed and focused on more of wealth rather than health. And that was com- something completely different than I used to work on and focus on Wes. And it goes as personal stuff. But I gained more weight than I ever thought I would ever do. But now I'm dropped so much weight. I'm getting back more towards my health and state of mind because I, the last year I focused on more of me trying to be more in tune and being spiritual. Does that make sense? So I believe every, no one's perfect in this world. But only, for only you are going to have to make the decision to be dedicated to being your better self. 
being a better salesperson. You want to be a better salesperson? Know what you're feeling. <laughs> you know what I mean? And be comfortable of accepting someone giving you negative feedback or not really responding the way that you want them to respond, especially on a sales call. And then knowing your own emotional bullshit. If you know your own emotional bullshit, you'll make more money. Guarantee you. Absolutely. And staying humble right. is a big one. That's a big one I would, I would give to salespeople because you know, th- there's some people that will get to a point where they think they're better than a sale. Right? Like this isn't worth my time or whatever it is. And I can tell you, you know, if, if you shrink your head a little bit, you know, and, and really start to, to look at the gratitude and appreciation, you know, for what you have, then you're going to do a lot better moving forward. I can't, there's, I've seen so many missed sales opportunities because, oh, that person didn't qualify, right? Or that person is just wasting my time, you know, but if I shifted my focus, you know, I've gotten on, you know, how many calls I've gotten on after a salesperson said this person wasn't good and actually got the sale. What? because I don't focus on what the person is telling me. I focus on what they're not telling me and what's actually happening with that person. Because nobody, if, if you looked at things from a surface level, nobody qualifies for your product. Right. Nobody qualifies for your service because there has, there's a lot more that has to go into that. There's a level of trust and value and you being able to tap into that person's emotions, caring about that person genuinely and being able to actually put a perception in there that you want to help them is going to allow that person to open up to you more. And that goes you know, directly with emotional intelligence because now you've did so much to get them to open up to you. Now that that box is open, now you need to carry through and you need to be able to be very selective about how you approach every situation, especially if it's sensitive, so that you can navigate that water effect- waters effectively with that person to get them to their desired outcome. So it's it's this is a topic that's that's incredibly, incredibly important, but... I'd like to just stress again, self-awareness and reflection is how you're going to be able to achieve all of this. We're teaching them how to break through, you know, that uncomfortableness on a phone call and really relating and developing a high level of rapport, right? Being, you know, that's where the persuasiveness comes. And there's not much I can, you know, I that I haven't heard someone say to me or, or personal experience or whatnot, but here's how to plug in the next piece, okay? And, and listen up salespeople. Or even if you're buyers, I'm going to teach you how to, you know, get away from this if you're not trying to buy the product and giving you both sides of the buyer-seller relationship. The best of the best salespeople, I know I mentioned this on Monday, know how to paint the picture. Every person in the world is looking for clarity. I don't give a shit if they're trying to buy a product or service or t-shirt, whatever. They're trying to, they're looking for clarity. That's what they're seeking is clarity. If you're able to communicate properly with that buyer or vice versa, what you're looking for or what they're looking for is the best situation possible for them to move forward, you'll win. But what if, Wes, you're still having problems communicating how easy it can be for them if they actually take the time and focus on themselves with a little bit of reflection after the meeting? Let me see how I tie that in. Why is that so important, do you think? what, What would you do? In that situation, if you're having a hard time painting the picture and helping them provide clarity, for me, it's my my approach is always what's well, is very similar in, in a lot of situations, which is I'm going to set the right expectation, right? And what I'm going to tell them, I'm going to be very direct. Is going to be look, this is the outcome that I'm searching for for you. The outcome, mean, not usually the sale or whatever it is that we're trying to do, but the outcome for them to be able to get to where they want to be, right? Or that next level or whatever it is they're trying to do. And I'm going to tell them very directly because I'm not the kind of person that's going to keep, if I, if I can't break through to that person, I'm trying a whole bunch of different things, it's not working. I'm going to tell them straight up, be like, look, this is where I believe, you know, where, where I believe we're going wrong here or where I believe this is where the impact needs to be made. And what I'd like to do with you, and I'm going to get agreement from them, what I'd like to do is start really just focusing in on how we can, how I can provide you with a level of value or a level of guidance to be able to help you break through this. And this is where you mentioned something great, Chris, which is reflection. And so reflecting at the end of that call or asking them to reflect right at the end of that call is important because, you know, but if they don't, if someone doesn't reflect on your call, they're going to miss, they're going to forget about 90% of what happened on that call. Right. So asking them to reflect on that call and then giving them an action step 
of things to write down, whether it is it's, you know, their emotional piece, right? How did they feel? What is it that they're actually looking for? Whatever it is that has to do with, you know, this obviously is very, you know, um, based on the scenario that you're in. But write down, you know, write down the things that you felt like weren't accomplished on this call, right? The things that you would like to, you, where you would like to see this go, right? I'm going to start to get buy-in from them. Where would you like to see this go? What do you feel like is stopping you? I need to, I need them to start doing the work to help me out to break through to them versus me constantly trying to dig at different areas to, to figure it out. I hope the listeners really caught what you just shared with them. And what you just shared with them, that little nugget, if they actually sprinkled that in face-to-face meeting, could be in a corporate meeting, doesn't matter, or if they sprinkled that in on the phone, right at the end, always say this to the prospective buyer. Prospect, here's what I would like for you to do moving forward after you get off this call. What I'd like for you to do, go get a glass of water, coffee, whatever. And then I would like for you to do is be alone in your own thoughts for five to 10 minutes and write out some things that you really want to accomplish after you had time to reflect. This is where you guys, I'm telling you, will take yourself from a mid six figure level, maybe a seven figure level or getting to that multi eight figure level. If you're able to do this properly and using the right tonality with the right intention behind it, say, listen, this is what I want you to do. Write out two or three things that you took away from this call after you had time to reflect, write out some things that you really want to accomplish and share with me some insight about you know how we, well you're feeling about getting to the outcome that we both discussed. Can you do that for me? And I'm like, absolutely. I guarantee you 90% of people will do it. When they send you that email, I know exactly what to do with them after I had time to reflect on their notes, Wes. There's a lot of reflection that happens in my sales process. And that reflection is only going to increase rapport and then lower the resistance level from them. I hope you guys paid attention to that. Absolutely. And I'd like to just stress how critical this is because a lot of salespeople, and we've seen this a thousand times, Chris, a lot of salespeople, they, they feel like it's on them to do everything. I need to break through this person. And there's some special tactic that I need to understand. One, obviously, emotional intelligence plays a huge huge role in this because there's certain things you can pick up on and understand and be able to take a conversation a certain way. But again, it comes back to a transparent relationship and an authentic relationship with your client. And if, if you're not comfortable enough telling your client to do this, that means you haven't set the right expectation and created the right environment for that person to actually do what you're about to tell them to do. Because if if you don't understand that my goal here on this phone call, in person, whatever it is, is to help you get to your desired outcome. And I am, I'm not here to give you all the answers, but I'm here to help you get there. If you don't understand that piece, then we, we don't even have a relationship yet and we can't even start to do anything. But once we truly have that, and I have that ingrained in your mind that this is what I'm here to do and this is my purpose, now I will be your advocate and I'm going to give you everything I possibly can to help you get there because now you're bought into it and now it's your journey, not mine. And now you actually will help me be able to help you break through. Well, it goes through and how to make that breakthrough also is sprinkling in social awareness with a relationship management of what I talked about, right? I mean, social awareness for those who paid attention is you having empathy and being empathetic of their emotions, needs, concerns. And, and pick up on emotional cues and, and feeling comfortable socially. You know, have you ever seen an uncomfortable social person? Obviously, they shouldn't be in sales, right? <laughs> socially awkward. You know, and then recognize yeah. the power dynamics in a group or an organization. I'm telling you right now, I, do, I will do business with any person that's highly in tune with their own emotions and they're empathetic of people's feelings and then also confident because it usually always leads to confidence. And that's where the relationship management is important. You ever seen like a one night stand type of sale, event sale sometimes? They'll make a sale and they'll never talk to them ever again and they'll send them to support. Relationship management is important. Learn how to establish a relationship and look at it at a lifelong type of relationship. I can't tell you, Wes, and Wes will probably tell you right now, how many people that have purchased so many products for me years after year after year because I keep launching them because they're still attached to you know, my vision and my, you know, obviously what I'm very passionate about. And that's where that relationship management comes in. If you learn how to, how to develop and maintain a good relationship, especially in business, 
and communicate clearly, you'll inspire and influence others around them to be able to do the same. And guys, that's when you can start looking into a, just a deeper level. I know that we we can get so sidetracked on these calls Wes, in these podcasts because I can talk about emotional intelligence forever because I think that's one of my biggest reasons for you know the results that I've had over the years in sales and in business. It's it's a huge factor, and it's it's something that you know it, some of us are are created with, right? And I say created with because of the environment that we're in, you know. And and some of us have to learn it, right? And and learning it, you know, it's not an easy thing. I don't want anybody to think that this is easy stuff. It takes a lot, and it. But again, where is your intention? If your intention is to learn this, you'll learn it, and it's it's very very important because if you're able to do this mixed in with what you just said, Chris, and relationship management over the years, you know, we've screwed up on a lot of things. I, you know, as I'm serving my customers, I'm not always perfect. I screw up sometimes. Sometimes I, I forget to follow up. Sometimes I don't do something correctly, but because I've maintained that, that relationship properly, it's allowed me to screw up and still maintain a healthy and great relationship and be very transparent in the, in the process. So it's, it's again, where is your intention? And if this is an area you really want to develop in, you know, I'm happy that we're doing this and we're going to continue to add more to this because if you truly, you know, you'll never master this area, but if you truly get in tune with your own emotion and have that self-awareness and be able to start actually feeling for others and understanding certain situations, right? Situational awareness is extremely important here you're going to see a level of increase in your sales that you have never, never seen before. And I'm really happy that you went with that too, is that you triggered something that we forgot to mention on this. And I know that there will be a lot of other podcast episodes we'll sprinkle in emotional intelligence. If you guys are looking to reflect after this podcast, here's some questions you want to ask yourself. Why did you, you know, react the way you did in a current situation, whatever that situation is, why did you react in that way? Did that reaction actually help you or harm you? How does that situation fit into the big picture? And this is where I'm going to blend it in. That is, how are you going to feel about in an hour, a week, a year, six months down the road? Everything's all about perception, right? And if you are a salesperson and, and you have problems of being able to provide clarity with your buyers, try writing down the big picture for your clients on a piece of paper and try working on communicating the bigger picture for them and the steps they need to take moving forward. If you're still having problems of being able to provide enough clarity for them to understand a bigger picture, use an analogy. Analogies are huge, huge. <laughs> I will talk about something and use an analogy for them to get a visual picture in their mind of what I'm talking about. Or I might use a prior student or a prior customer or a prior you know, experience that I've had over the years. There was a movie that I watched years ago. I haven't seen it in forever. Coach Carter with um, Samuel Jackson. Love that movie. Yeah. Yeah. And he talked about the plays that he had off of his ex-girlfriends. Yeah. You see what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Like I literally have an objection in my own mind and, and a name. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so if you're ever, you know, do speak to me individually on a phone and and I actually have a, or a face-to-face conversation in a meeting and you give me an objection that, you know, that I haven't had before or experienced, there's a good chance that your name is going to be that objection for me. <laughs> so, but it's, I like to use a lot of analogy. Let's talk about that real quick and then we'll wrap up. Is that how important is it if you're not able to provide enough clarity for your buyers or vice versa, how important is it to use some type, something like an analogy to, for them to get a you know visual picture? Well, I'll, I'll put it this way so that it makes a lot of sense. The Imagine this for a second. You have you're talking to a client, and that person is I don't know. Let's just say a dentist, right? That's what they do for a living, and that person has been engrossed into that for their entire career, and they understand that really well. Well, if I come say something to them that has to do with you know law, for example, and I make an analogy about attorneys, they're not really going to understand what I'm talking about. Right? But if I'm trying to deliver a point, and maybe I can speak their language, so I can say something like. You know, if I'm talking about a certain subject, I can say it's kind of like when and then I can insert maybe something that they experience as a dentist. And what what it does is it allows me to connect to, to get to get that message over to them in a way that they'll actually understand. Again, it goes back to kind of my point that I made earlier to where 
you know, had I said that message differently, maybe that person wouldn't have left a negative critique. It's along the same lines. If I would use an analogy that this person really starts to understand, now they're actually going to get the point and I'm going to be able to actually make the impact I was trying to make by whatever I was saying. I, I use a ton of analogies. Some of them make great sense. Some of them end up sounding stupid, but <laughs> it gets the point across. Right. right? And that's what I'm trying to do. You know, get a list of five and then go speak in front of an audience and have people do a you know, show of hands. That's how you get to the good, the best analogy for that type of situation, I think, because just nobody ever wants to get booed off stage, right? So, right. I, and I like where you went that. And actually, you use an analogy to be able to explain that. So I appreciate the, the, the genius on that one, if people caught that. And using an analogy sometimes, especially if you have a, a disgruntled customer or client on the phone, right? Every We all experience this. You can't break through for shit. And you're like, man, I don't know what he or she drank this morning, or maybe they are drinking. I don't know. <laughs> you know, like I can't break through. Like I mean, I didn't go check myself and go sit in freaking silence for a couple of minutes. They get so mad, but you're trying to break through and help trying to help them. And all they're doing is their ego is involved. And they start saying a lot of crazy shit to you. How to diffuse that situation, ladies and gentlemen, analogy, use an analogy and help them see things in a different light through a different lens. Then they'll have an understanding about what you're really trying to say to them. You completely diffuse the situation. You come at them indirect. When you come at them from behind the door, they go, oh, that makes more sense. I get you now. I'm sorry, Chris. Have you ever used that before in a negative situation? Yeah. And it's, you know, what you made me really think about here, um, it's actually kind of funny is I, I start to think back of some of the analogies that you've used, um, like when you're talking to me about certain things. And what you what you what you did in a lot of those situations is that you you said an analogy that actually made me laugh. Yeah. Um, and because you made me laugh, I remembered what you said for a long time, and because it just it triggers a, an actual happy moment, right? Because it made me laugh. And so um, yeah, that I don't know why it just popped in my head, but it's it's that's actually an important piece, right? Is how can you tie in an emotion to that analogy that mm. they can then use as an anchor to remember what you just said? I appreciate you saying that because I try to use humor as my go-to in a lot of uncomfortable or even comfortable conversations or raising a rapport level to get to an outcome that's you know in my opinion it's always going to be mutual because that's why the whole reason behind the win-win effect right. And the name is that we want every party involved to win because you don't ever want a situation where one person wins or one party wins. You know, that's the old traditional sales tactics that they would use. And I use tactics in a, in a loose type of way because I know there's a lot of good and good from those types of, you know, formulas that I've used over the years and, and where it led me to where I'm going right now. But then what you mentioned is I make you laugh. If I, make someone laugh or mad, does that change an emotional state? Of course. Okay. And I want everything to be positive. And the only way for me, I'm using my own, you know, strengths right now, because I don't want to make them mad. I want to make them happy. I want them to understand, listen, Chris is trying to explain something to me and for the better good of me or business or whatnot. And if I usually, if I make someone laugh, I can make them do anything. And I'm not trying to manipulate them. What I'm trying to do is I remove an, a negative emotion and remove that anchor away and put something positive there so they will always remember me trying to get through to them in that way. And I know that you know we can have conversations to conversations on these podcasts. And I'm sure that we're going to get a lot of questions to this episode because we're going, you know, we're using a lot more personal things between you and I. But do you see the the intention is pure if you go that route? That it really is. It really is. And one thing, one thing I would add on to what you said there, Chris, is that, you know, when you're, when, when you're in tune, right, when you're in tune with that other person and how they're feeling and you can, you're truly understanding them, you know, in that situation and what they're saying to you, what allows you to do on top of also the, the positive type of analogies that you're using or what you're using to anchor um, that emotion, you can do the same thing from a negative sense and for the things that you don't want them to do. Right. And so I can attach, if, especially through an analogy, I can attach a negative emotion to something that I don't want them falling victim to or something that I don't want them to repeat. And that way I can then also them uh, influence them positively with the things that I need them to actually focus on and, 
and work on and the combat if you can master those two things and again you have to be this is where emotional intelligence is extremely important you have to be really in tune with someone if you can master those two things you just know your close rate is probably higher than anybody around you exactly and for the people that you know work on a sales team or you know working in any kind of organization i don't give a shit if it's a small mom and pop shop or it's you know a major corporation take a look at the people around you and the people that are more in tune with their own emotions usually are top performers. Would you agree, Wes? I absolutely would. The more in, they're in tune with their emotions, the more they're in tune with their clients' emotions. I guess the message behind this episode isn't really trying to teach people being mo- more emotional and intelligent and more in tune with others' emotions. The first step is you taking time to reflect on where you are and be more in tune with your own emotions. Remember, the first step to any type of change is reflection. That's the first step. And if you, whatever you do from that moment, you got to make a decision and stick with it. And that's, you know, where dedication and, you know, really taking the time and putting forth that effort for you to master whatever you're trying to set out for yourself. I, I can't, I can go on forever, Wes, you know, and I know that, you know, we need to stay on tune, you know, stay on where we are with us. But the next episode, I believe, where do you think, where do you want to go with this? With this? I think it's too big of a subject and topic not to talk about it again. Yeah, I believe that we should, we'll definitely um, should stay on this topic and then break down specific areas of this topic that everyone can focus on. But what I'd like to add, um, as far as how everyone can actually help us here is, you know, you obviously everyone listening to these podcasts you're listening to them because you're getting value. I would, I would love to be able to deliver, you know, and for us here as we're doing this, to be able to deliver a focused value to each and every person. And, and the way that everyone can do that is by sending in feedback, you know, about how, how you felt on this, maybe some of the areas that you're working on. And we'll never mention your name unless you want us to, but we'll never mention your name. But if there's a certain area you're working on or a certain area you want to learn more about when it comes to emotional intelligence, or especially if you have one of these, it'd be fantastic. If you have a certain experience or scenario that you had, you know, that happened to you that you want to learn more about and why that was caused, send us in through the feedback because we would love to be able to really make this very personalized to everyone here and help you really face the everyday things that you're facing. I, I appreciate you saying that. Thank you, Wes, for, you know, putting it into, you know, the the message in the episode today, because I know a lot of times you know, that can get watered down with, you know, some of the content we share, you know, is that, Hey, I want you to go here and sign this up. And (laughs) I'm not trying to lead them to go do something. I'm trying to figure out how we can make more of an impact with you. And I I don't want everyone to view this podcast, like all the other podcasts that try to sell shit. You know, I, I can't stand that stuff with ads. And that's one thing that, you know, we decided here is that it's not like we don't get offers from people saying, Hey, can you get on there and do some type of ad or no, because this podcast, the intention and, and the purpose behind it is to figure out how we can make more of an impact with everyone doing from different things. It, could, it doesn't matter if you're in real estate or you're selling freaking popsicles at a freaking <laughs> baseball game. I can, I can teach anyone to do this. But the main thing is I need to understand what's happening in your world to be able to make more of an impact. So a lot of people that are probably going to start seeing a lot of things on my social media channels where social media now has become more anti-social than social. <laughs> right, Wes? Would you agree? Right. I would completely. So that's one of the things that, you know, obviously what you do for a living with social scale media is that, you know, you're helping people develop the right brand for themselves. And also what you start seeing with my personal channels is that me taking more of a Q&A and talking directly into the camera, because a lot of people see me, you know, training corporations and companies and clips and stuff like that that my social media teams, you know, put together and post. And we all do this, Wes get more content that way and reuse your content. But I want to be able to take more questions. So guys, feel free to submit the feedback form when you can find that link on anywhere in this description or wherever you found this podcast. Also, if you can't find it anywhere else, go to tcrconsultingagency.com, find the podcast and you'll find it. So hope that helps. Wes, anything you want to add to that? No, I mean, the only thing that I would, I would just say to everybody is commit to excellence, commit to being your better self each and every day. And, you know, again, send us in that feedback. We'd love to help you. Awesome. I appreciate it, Wes. Thank you so much for taking your time and the input, the insights that you share with everybody listening. And I hope that 
everyone receives some type of level of value to be able to implement in their current situations and whatnot. To all the listeners that listened in all the way to the end, I appreciate it. Goes without even saying how much gratification I receive from all the listeners that tune in each and every week now, two times a week. So I'll see you Monday. So as always, ask yourself, how can you get a little bit better each day? That 1%. Until the next episode, keep moving, keep growing, keep learning. Let's go with our day. Take care. Thank you for taking your time and listening to today's podcast of The Win-Win Effect. As a thank you for listening and tuning in, Chris is rewarding you with a placement course webinar with his team to point you in the right direction to massive success. In success, it's all about living a better quality of life. So at the very least, subscribe to the Win-Win Effect podcast so you don't miss the next episode. Feel free to share on your social media or simply tell a friend about it. Also, please rate and review the podcast. To find the free webinar and more information, please visit tcrconsultingagency.com.